Well, welcome back to another episode of the Readiness Report live. Episode 29. 29, 29 episodes down and uh, seemed like a good time, Eric, to go over the top moments of the Readiness Report. We had a lot of really cool moments in, in the shows. In the, I guess we've probably been doing it about 50 hours or so, close to it, 45 hours. And, then. and especially with you know holidays coming up and everybody kind of killing themselves around here, getting all the packages out the door. Oh, it's yeah. a good time to just kind of take a breather, reflect. Yes, like, yes. It's very true. We have done a lot of packages. Thank you guys so much for you guys out there watching for ordering so much. So during the Black Friday weekend, for people to give them a little context, last uh, last Black Friday we did somewhere around 40,000 orders. This Black Friday will be almost double that what we did on the last Black Friday, or maybe more than double that by the time it's all everything's packed up and out. So we appreciate so many people ordering. One of the cool things, or not cool things, depending on how you look at it, depending on who's, who you are, the actual packing of the boxes for me and seeing the, the actual products be put into the box, reading the name of where, where the person and where it's going is very meaningful and it was super cool to see, to physically see so many boxes go out the door. Oh yeah, when I was loading up the FedEx trucks with all the finished pallets, it's funny the number of names you recognize and people ordering product yeah. and yeah, it was pretty cool to see. Yeah, so um, thanks again guys, we appreciate it. It's obviously our biggest weekend of the year and, uh, and it's really kind of, this year has been a tough year eight for a lot of people, Eric. Yeah. Um, I feel very fortunate. I was talking to somebody today on the phone about uh, how lucky we are, how fortunate Redcon One is to be up, significantly up from last year in a time where most companies are, are hoping to just hold on. And yet we're going to be up, by the end of the year, we'll be up somewhere near 40% yeah. la over last year, which is an incredible, incredible. It's a testament to how hard all this big team works here. Yeah, because you got to think what April and May were just. We're bad. We're bad. That's the best We're way bad. to put it. We're bad. It's the only time in the in the whole Red Con history, uh, other than the very beginning before we pressed the button to go live, yeah. that I felt nervous. Where I was like, man, like, could things actually not work? Could this like fall apart? Is it possible? You know? Well, because international borders were closed, all of our brick and mortar customers were shut down. I mean, didn't matter if there was still a demand. There was just nowhere for people to go with it. So. Yep. Yeah, it just kind of wiped everything out. And then uh, obviously we had the bankruptcy for GNC where he lost 1.4 million yep. bucks. Uh, the only thing that kept us alive is you guys out there directly who were purchasing off the site um, because if it wasn't for people purchasing off the site or Amazon, we would have no money coming in because a lot of our retailers opted to, to either slow pay or in GNC's case, not pay. Just not pay. Yeah. Not pay. So we, uh, if we were relying on those checks to come in, we'd be screwed. Man. We would have oh, literally been out of business. No, we would have, and that would have been uh yeah, because the inventory here still has to get paid for. The yeah. lights got to stay on. Uh, we got to pay the mortgage. So yeah. Yeah, and that's one thing that we're really like happy about is that we didn't have to fire anybody. We didn't have to make any no. significant cuts. I mean, well, she uh, gave warehouse people raises. Yeah, we gave them raises for packing for being so important. Uh, the only person that took the major pay cut is me, <laughs> but I'm okay. Don't worry. So <laughs> um, anyway, guys, uh, we're back uh, and we're doing great now. So a lot of that's due to you guys, the customers who purchased uh, during the Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend. So first off, thank you. And let's go to the news, Eric. And our first story. Salesforce mm -hmm. acquires Slack. And Slack's a near and dear around here, right, yes, Ryan? we use it. Right? Yeah, we Ryan loves Slack. So Ryan, when he came on board as chief marketing officer, the first thing he did was say, we need to use Slack. Yep. That was when I heard about it for the first time. Yeah, it's the first time I'd heard of it before too. So it's so obviously, we looked at Salesforce at one time, using yep. it for our CRM, for the sales guys, but you know, yeah. what's interesting is it is similar to some of the functions that we saw with Oracle when we had our relationship with them, mm -hmm. all the different, yeah, well, that's a whole other story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's what, interesting that yeah, now they have Slack and how it's gonna integrate. It'd be interesting to see how they integrate together. Yeah, 
And so for, for me, um, um, actually Ryan knows my friend Isaac who works at Slack. Yes. And Isaac reached out to me and said, buy the stock, not way before this was no insider trading, but he told me buy the stock when he, when he joined. Yeah, you company. might want to be careful with this no, conversation. Long before there was any talk of it being acquired. And I was very fortunate to uh, believe him. And, and then Ryan, of course, helped by saying how great it is and forcing us to use it. Uh, and it went, the stock went up a lot, Eric, uh, because of people working at home. And then obviously with the Salesforce announcement, it pretty much doubled almost overnight. Well, that's what's interesting. The uh, businesses who really, I mean, that's another one of our stories too with Zoom, but you know, the businesses that prospered during COVID just because of the, it's just technology. Yes. So Slack, Zoom, no offense to Zoom, but Jesus, if I ever have I to hate Zoom. Zoom again, I oh hate my Zoom. God. Zoom's the worst. Uh, mm. Not, not, not they may be okay. Other Microsoft way. Teams can eat my ass. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, and then you get it, because that's the other thing. You and I are used to calling people, and yeah. then all of a sudden it's a scheduled call where you're, and then you're like, it's a video call, and you're like, I don't really want to see you. I just, we can talk, that's fine. Like, well, the thing that bothers me the most about uh, about that is the Zoom that other people's internet may be bad. Oh. Or, the, so they'll be choppy, or you won't be able to hear them all the way, or they'll be going in and out. Or other, somebody will be eating their, on their eating or whatever, or making noises, or you know, it'll be somebody doing like this, and you'll be hearing everything. Yeah, because they don't like, mute their line. It's like, dude, it, it's, it's terrible. So when people are like, hey, we should do a Zoom call, I'm like, why don't I just call your cell phone? Yeah, see, because when I'm on the phone, I'll just keep working because I can keep talking, working at the same time. I remember the first time I talked to Arthur from Vitamin Shop and it was on a, a Zoom call. I'm like, hey, man, I'm listening to you. I'm like, I'm going to keep working because I can't stand Zoom. Yeah. And I just kept working and talking to him because I was like, I, I don't need to stare here for an hour. This is not a date. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that is kind of what's required because if you're doing a Zoom and they can see or you can see them, you, you, can't, you can't really be like, I mean, you do it, but I, came yeah, I just kept going. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not um, losing an hour of my day. So yeah, so Zoom is not not a fan, but obviously a lot of people are because the stock is uh, going up, up, up. I mean, um, I guess we could skip. Yeah, we can jump five, around. Come back because it makes sense. Apple's most downloaded app is the Zoom Cloud Meeting, ranks number one for the iPhone and iPad in 2020, which probably won't surprise that many people because iPhone and iPad. Um, you know, you see people do it. That's always one fun thing with Zoom. If somebody is like this, and they're like not looking at the phone, they put it nice and low, you get a shot right up their nose. You know? <laughs> um, there's that one guy who was jerking off during the Zoom. What was that? I remember the guy was, I was a news anchor or something. They had a big meeting, he was jerking off, and the camera flipped to him and he was showed him jerking off. <laughs> Ryan, um, when were you on the news? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes, that was it. Was Ryan? You got it. Um, so uh, Apple doesn't really release uh, sales stats for the end of the year charts. It only notes which which apps were downloaded more than others. Number two is TikTok, followed by Disney Plus, which we know is a lot because yep. we said seventy mil, what is it, seventy million subscribers. Yes. Yeah. It's plus YouTube and Instagram. So number two is TikTok. That's nuts. Beating seventy million people on, on uh, and even YouTube and Instagram. But also too, with everybody that was cooped up at home, I mean, that's where TikTok really seemed like it took off because everyone had all this time on their hand and just started making all these videos. And yeah, it's, it's like I say, that's another one of those one that probably caught tailwinds from COVID that mm -hmm. if it weren't for COVID, it might not have taken off the same. Disney Plus, 70 million at what, $7 a month? Yeah, so as of today, like the December report, just came out, they hit 74 million paying subscribers. Wow. At seven bucks a month. Yes. That's owned by ABC, right? Yeah, uh, so Disney uh, Disney owns ABC. Oh, okay, it's the other way around, yes. gotcha. That's crazy. Well, I guess the theme parks can all close up. Don't have to worry, about, <laughs> don't have to worry yeah. about it. Maybe, maybe it'll happen. So something interesting happened. Uh, UPS 
decided, Eric, during Cyber Monday and Black Friday, that uh, some of the, reta the retailers out there, six large ones, including Nike, Gap, and Macy's, were having sending too many damn packages, and they're like, don't pick up from them anymore. They've exceeded the capacity for packages. How crazy is that shit? Yeah, well, what, 10.8 million on uh, Cyber Monday? Billion. Nine billion. billion, sorry, sorry. Nine billion on Black Friday. And so, yeah, what it was is they essentially exceeded the number of packages that they said they would deliver to UPS, and they're just like, well, we're not picking them up anymore. Yeah. How crazy is that? So they did have a certain amount of allocation ahead of time, and that was all they were going to pick up. It didn't matter how many more, and so it literally just stopped. Can you imagine, like, our business, you know, I mean, how many truckloads have we got? Oh, uh, because you imagine, 50, like, if... 100 trucks? Yeah, remember. and then we have all these, you know, like, FedEx drops off empty yeah. trailers for yeah, us, and we I fill mean, them yeah. up. So you imagine if we literally had all those pallets, so typically you fit, what, 28 pallets per trailer? Yeah, if they're like, we're not, not bringing anymore. Just to just start filling the aisles up. Yeah, if you're like, no, you can't, you can't, sorry, we're not bringing anymore. It's pretty pretty crazy to think. It's also crazy to think how much business, you know Nike probably did a crazy amount of business. Oh, God. Do they have a deal, Eric? Black Friday not deal? really, but they did um, a lot of launches, right, Johnny? There was new shoe launches on Black Friday and Cyber Monday. So they brought back one of the Jordan 4s, the OG Fire Reds. Um, then they also did a pre-sale for, I think, an 11 that's coming out. So Jeez. they had all this stuff that was coming, but... but no deals, huh? Not really. I think wow. the most they might have had was like 20% off. Yeah. So that's nothing that guy. moves the needle where you're like, oh, I have to buy. Wow. So Amazing, right, that they can do that. And like, he doesn't doesn't even need to do a deal. They just know that people are online buying stuff because it's Imagine those if they days. did a buy one, get one free. Oh. <laughs> You'd be insane, They'd Probably right? break the internet. Yeah. So uh, Travis Scott earns more than twenty or earns twenty million dollars from McDonald's partnership sales, up four point six percent. You know Travis Scott? Yes. What do you know about him? Well, tell me. He is also known as Cactus Jack. Mm. He is the baby daddy to Kylie Jenner's kid. Yes. Um, I always wondered if I, I asked someone at Warner Brothers who his manager was, and I thought it was um, what's her name. Chris Jenner, but wow. I guess it's not. Because who's ever behind him with his business moves, it's working. It's working. Yeah, because I mean he's aligned with Fortnite. He had uh, like 12.9 million people watch his concert wow. per session. They did like six of them. Wow. Like the opening, yeah, I mean it's crazy. So yeah, with McDonald's, they essentially took a quarter pounder meal and then made it his way where he added like bacon and lettuce and it came with a barbecue, barbecue sauce. sauce and a Sprite. And what the endorsement deal was five million bucks from that, and he got fifteen million from essentially his sales of his clothing and stuff. So if you went on his site, because I went on there to look, same day that they launched the meal, he launched all this McDonald's co-branded clothing on his website, yeah. like tons of it, fifteen million in revenue from that. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Want, by the way, I want to try his, his McDonald's sandwich. Is it still I available? Like it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. So he he was a new initiative. And then there was a Spanish guy from Miami who had his version of a meal. So they're doing celebrities, just like at Dunkin' Donuts, they have Charlie from TikTok, the young 16-year-old girl who's like the head of it. So they're branding all of these meals after people for a limited time, and then they're gone. I wouldn't do my burger. They said they caused a shortage of ingredients from McDonald's. Yes. Wow. So if I were to do one, I'd really go out there. I don't I would do something really insane where you incorporate in my cheeseburger chicken nuggets and apple pie. Oh, oh so burger. all your favorites from McDonald's yeah, one? Yeah, I would do. You know, the apple, good. the apple pie could might work like, you know, the sweet and savory. Yeah. You never know. I, I think I'm thinking you take an apple pie. Ryan, go to McDonald's right now and pick up. That's who? Okay. Well, what's it was a Big Mac meal, right? It was a Big Mac meal with the Ori McFlurry. Ah, 
Is so is that really like a unique no, meal? No, that's nothing. That's bullshit. But they're, they're smart because they're branching it. But if I did the, the Aaron meal, the Singerman, Singer meal, you would, Singer take, meal, there you you would take the apple pie and squish it, make it flat, right? And then you would cut it to make it circular so it'd be right underneath the bun. I'd put three nuggets with honey, honey sauce, and then the cheeseburger, boom. They're supposed to move fast. So tomorrow, we're gonna test this theory for lunch. I love it. I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> Um, well, very interesting. Good for Travis Scott. He's yeah, rolling, man. He's rolling a, the money. He's man. a money-making machine. Like his Jordans. Look at the actual marketing for it, for Jay Balvin. He's just number one all over the world. Today. How much money does he get? Is he it's probably five million bucks. Yeah, base five million, and then all the merchandising. So crazy. Yeah, Travis Scott, man. It was like as soon as people found out he was Kylie Jenner's baby daddy. Mm -hmm. I mean, like his shoes, you could buy the Cactus Jack Jordans for box price, and then they went oh, like four times the amount. Really? Oh yeah. Wow. Literally, like that. once that came out, it was like, psh, there he goes. He's tied to the Kardashians. So damn. Good okay. for him though. So before we talk about uh, the PlayStation Four Five, holiday fantasy for scammers, let's talk a moment about the the Xbox. Series X and the and the five. Have you played either of them? Yet? I haven't played either one of them yet. You know we got one right down there. The huh? Series X. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't know we got yeah, one. Yeah, it's in the movie theater. Room. <laughs> yep. I, I played uh, the the uh, what is it called? Cold War. Uh, Call of Duty. Cold oh, Call of Duty Cold War. I gotta say it is better. I was pretty impressed, but um, I will tell you one thing that was that's weird. That I find weird. You may be able to justify this for me. So this game, right, you got this new unit, it's got this amazing processor speed, hard drive, you know, solid state drive, it's got uh, much more RAM, memory, graphics card, all this, right? But they don't make games, as of right now, that are specifically for it. So like, you can play Cold War on my other one, my old one, same game, same everything, nothing different. And uh, the difference is it's optimized for the Xbox Series For X. that machine? But when I look at the game, when I play it, the game at home, or another one, there's very little difference, very little discernible difference. So what's what's the deal? Like, what, why? When are they going to make a game that you couldn't even play on Xbox X because it's not can't does not the capacity? Yeah, so that's the thing. That's obviously they're probably. I guess I would say, it's more about that the game companies haven't caught up with making games specifically for the machines yet. They wanted to get the machines out, and they made all the old games retroactive so you could play them. Um, yeah, because unless online play is different, like because of the solid state and the processing speed, that there's no clipping and stuff. Well, when the you're frame rate is faster for sure. You can totally tell like it's smoother, but ultimately like it's really very it's, perception, and you can perceive it slightly. Yeah, most people probably would never pick it up. No, so what I you know when you have a quantum leap in the equipment. Usually, I, guess, the, I would expect the game would be quantum leap because people are like, "Oh, how much better is the game?" Like, nah, I mean, I'm well, that's the way it always was for us, right? Like as yeah, kids, like you went from an eight-bit system to a sixteen to yeah, a thirty-two to huge. a sixty-four, and then it, they got more and more realistic. Yeah, see, and Super Nintendo versus Sega Genesis, it's like light years. Oh yeah, you know, or Nintendo One compared to Super Nintendo is light. Still years. like original Nintendo. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying there. It doesn't seem like to me. It almost seems like they should have waited to release these things until they had something exclusive. I understand they probably don't want to limit, like, so Cold War, right? They probably thought to themselves, like, I don't want to come out with this game now because I come out with this game now and it's going to have limited sales because not many people have the yeah. system. But to me, that would influence me much more to buy the system. It would be, it would be like, why? Yeah, if I can only play it on that system. Yeah, because like, so, we don't even really know what the system can do 100% as of right now. I have a feeling they just wanted to get those systems out before the holidays. Oh, yeah, it's a money thing, yeah. no doubt. But for me, as a consumer, 
uh, and I'm not really a video game consumer, although I am now because war games and our products and stuff. Um, it's just interesting to, to have a game that you can play exactly the same on two systems. Yeah, it's interesting that the disc goes back into the Xbox yeah. One S. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like hmm. it. Um, but anyway, let's do the story. PlayStation 5. Yep. Holiday scammers. Well, I mean, come on. Anytime there's something limited, there's always scammers. Whether it was Teddy Ruxpin, Cabbage Patch Kids, yes. now Game Systems. Mm. I mean, I don't know. I have a little bit of a... So my opinion on the story is a little different. So they're talking about, you know, there was in Troy, Michigan, essentially someone put an ad on uh, Facebook Marketplace to sell a uh, PS5, and then they handed it over to the person in the car to look at, and the people took off. Oh. We're just fucking dumb at that yeah. point. Like, make the person get out of the car, you hold on to it, show it. I mean, that's just stupidity. So, I don't, like, is that really a scam? No, you got stolen from. But now, the scam that they talk about that, and I've seen this before on eBay where people sell a picture. I've seen this with cars where people sell a picture, and if you read the fine print on the description of the item, you're buying a picture of the item for the full price. Ryan showed me one that's in box only, right? Yeah. Yeah, like it was like Xbox Series, Xbox only. 500 bucks. Yeah, see? Uh, and uh, does this trip you up in the wording, or someone who's not paying attention be like, oh great, I can buy it for box price, and... Now, now they are going for significantly over list price. I mean, I bought the Xbox Series X we have here, um, I didn't even realize it was sitting in a box for a week, sitting out in front of my office. So I, f I didn't realize that's what it was. Just like, ah, I went and tracked it. I'm like, oh shit, it's been here. Uh, and then I realized that was it. But I bought it uh, the day it came out. It was, I had pre purchased it yeah. through an eBay person who had bought it. So I paid $750 for the console. It's pretty much they're going for between seven and eight right yeah, now. Yeah, I think, it, but they're retailing for like 500 right? Yeah, they're so 500 bucks base. That's a, that's a so yeah, StockX has all of them. Oh, really? At that's least through StockX, they're no validated, yeah. yeah. So what does the Xbox Series X go so for? The lowest 760. And how about the how about the, uh, the other one? PlayStation one I heard is more expensive. Yeah, it's like eight in the eights. I got a PlayStation Five. I haven't even taken it out of the package yet from StockX, and I got mine for in the sevens when they first went on there. Oh really? Yeah. The cheap one is nine thirty, and the Blu-ray edition, which lets the disc go in, is uh, up to nine twenty. Why would you want a disc to in? Why does that matter at this point? If you want someone who actually wants to buy the the software and not just download, why would you do that? Some people, I think, physically like to have the discs, like old DVDs. Like, huh. um, I don't care either way. It's just you know, all of it's streaming now, so who cares? But yeah, I think mine was like in the high, mid to high sixes, and then plus with tax and everything, I paid a little over you seven. You haven't even plugged into play yet. It's still in the box. Wow. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, so, what we're gonna do right now, Eric, is gonna go to commercial break since we. Oh no, we have one more news story. We have the breaking news. Oh story. shit! Yeah, well, that's why. The breaking news story. Well, honestly. you know, it's anticlimactic. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We should start off with that big breaking news. But as of this moment, we do have big breaking news. Well, it was a few moments before. We get right before the show. Right before we got to um, we got to post a note on it. Yes, we got to see. He's not lying. Post a note. The Arnold Classic in Columbus, Ohio, generally March, early March, first weekend second, of March, yeah, typically, yeah, um, is going to be postponed indefinitely, as in, like maybe forever. May never happen again. May never happen again. Um, now, we have some insider information on this that I'm not going to share because it's not my place no, to No, you can't really share you know, that. To give all the information, but I will tell you that it is very possible, although it would be very, very, very disappointing, that we may not see another Arnold Classic again. And if that is the case, that leaves a huge gaping hole in the uh, fitness bodybuilding industry. And not just bodybuilding, I mean, there's strongman, as you can see here, that Johnny's showing you, but there's also about 50 to 100 other sports. There's oh, yeah. fencing, there's wrestling, there's uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, there's powerlifting. Foosball there's, they had last time. Cheerleading, 
art, what? Where we see Johnny? The whole goes, list. Oh, look at all that. That's all the stuff. I mean, there's races of different sorts, and it's crazy. They were supposed to add uh, esports to it moving forward. Yeah. I mean, so this is uh, this is also the biggest event in Columbus, Ohio, period, for the yeah. year. They said it's, it's like 52 percent yeah. of the revenue for the entire year is that week or so around the Arnold Sports Festival. So this is a disaster for for Columbus. It's a disaster for the bodybuilding and fitness industry. It's uh, certainly a disaster for the Lorimers and all the people that worked on the Ar at the Arnold, our friends, you know, uh, Brett Lalonde and, and uh, Matt Lords and all the other people there that we've known over the years. So I sure as hell hope that it's back later this coming year um, or at least the following year. Uh, if there's any internal issues, other problems, you know, I'd love to see it if it has to be moved somewhere else, you know. I mean, we moved, obviously, the Olympia got moved to Orlando this year. I think it's going to be a big success. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Olympia doesn't go back to Vegas ever again. You know, um, so I'm, I'm really hoping, fingers crossed, that uh, that the that this comes back and that it's not canceled. It's just postponed um, because I can't imagine a bodybuilding you know season without the Arnold Classic. I mean, yeah, it's been. I went to my first one in '96. Yeah, and then last year was the first time I hadn't gone since '96 because of COVID. That's ah, so crazy. Yeah. But to think, I mean, just as a, as a fan of bodybuilding, that's a show you really never would consider it leaving. I mean, no. when the Iron Man ended, people were like, I was like, holy shit, Night of Champions ended. It's very weird, when bodybuilding is, when it's kind of like when you have a legacy show like that end, but the Arnold is also more important than that because it gives out the second most prize money. Second most prize money, sometimes it's, I would because it's Arnold, who's like, you know, the biggest name ever in bodybuilding, to have that trophy as a bodybuilder, that you won that and that it's recognition from him, yeah. So, plus there's always the the additional gifts that people got before. They used to get a Hummer and then the watch. And oh yeah, well there was some years like when, uh, when Ronnie won, I think Jay won some too, where he won the big Hummer, uh, a Rolex, and 100,000 bucks, which really put it, you know, at the time, over the Olympia. Over the Olympia, yeah. Arnold wanted to have the most, um, but he wasn't allowed to have the most. That's how the story goes. The Olympia always needs to be the most prize money. Um, but so what he did was he gave extra gifts. So, so that way you went over and above it. Yeah, yeah smart to make move. it more exciting. So uh, anyway, that's the big bad news. But uh, you know, let's hope that uh, it's just postponed for a few months and not a year or even canceled. Be a move to the uh, Hacienda Courts in uh, Temecula, California. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Maybe we need to do the uh, takeover of the Arnold, and we'll call it you know something else, and because it's got a built-in base there. I mean, you can a do massive base. Else. Um, anyway, let's go to commercial break and we'll be right back. We got the stories. We got a whole bunch of amazing moments here on the show. And we want to kind of, a lot of you guys are either new to it, may have missed an episode, or may want to relive it with us. So we'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, Kenny Omega here from AEW, teaming up with Redcon to bring you this. Yes, that's right, it's my own Total War, V-Trigger which has a Lemonheads type of flavor. In case you don't know what that is, it's very lemony. So for a limited time only, get yourself Total War and this limited edition t-shirt. You can get it here, all for $49.99, get it now. All right, we're back, Eric. Sure, that was a long break. Yes, it was a long break, and uh, it's we got a lot of show left to go, so <laughs> don't get too tired. Yeah, 
kind of give uh, me some stims. <laughs> so we're going to go through these moments, a uh, handful of moments that we loved on the show. And uh, I'll talk about the ones that I picked out. Eric talk about the ones he picked out. And uh, I'll start off with Roger Stone. So our, uh, our friend, friend of the show, friend of mine, uh, I've had a chance to hang out with Roger a bunch. He's a great guy, very, very interesting character for sure. And uh, it was uh, it was an interesting moment on the show to hear him talk about get his house being raided in the middle of the night, pretty much like four in the morning. Yeah. They even yeah. had combat swimmers out in the, in the water behind his house to make sure he didn't swim out, like go on a boat. And, and didn't CNN win an award for being there so quickly? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, something strange like that. So let's go to Roger and we'll be right back. Um. Well, I don't think we know that yet. Um, I am, uh, uh, I've been through an extraordinary experience in which I was targeted by the deep state um, who told the American public for three years, Roger Stone will be charged with treason, espionage, conspiracy against the United States, mail fraud, wire fraud, uh, cyber crimes, including unauthorized access to a government computer, a receipt and dissemination of stolen uh, data, uh, accessory to a felony before the fact, accessory to a felony after. It was all BS. Must have one hell of an indictment. It was 90 pages tall and it was all nonsense. <laughs> uh, they they told a federal judge and various magistrates that they had evidence of these crimes. They had no such thing. When they got their search warrants and they looked at all my emails, all my text messages, all my phone calls, we're talking about a million emails, by the way, they could find no evidence of any of those crimes. So they manufactured the crime of lying to Congress. The problem with that is to violate the False Statements Act and lie to Congress, your misstatement must not only be untrue, you must have a motive. It must be material. It has to matter. That wasn't the case. But then I didn't get a fair trial. Um, we now know that the jury forewoman was actively working against me. She had attacked me on social media in 2019. She had those personal attacks on me and on the president on a private setting during jury selection, on a private setting during my trial, and she deleted them after my trial. So that that wacky Roger, <laughs> he's awesome, man. He's awesome. He was a great, by the way, he was also great to have here at the office and hanging out with us. He had some vodkas. He said uh, he uh, he is a lightweight, so he didn't want to drink much vodka. And he told Ryan and us, so he gave him, I gave him a whole errand, a full errand. And he like took a little sip, a little sip. And before you know it, we sit down, he had finished the whole thing. <laughs> um, so it, it's good that he didn't say anything even crazier than he did. No, he actually still, because yeah, some of the yeah. questions he answered off camera, so. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So um, let's go to General Petraeus. You remember this, right? This is actually one of my favorite ones too, along with yours, because you know, I didn't know how to, to take no. how it was going to be with him on the interview. Like, no. I didn't know if he was going to be very stoic, not really open up. Very proper, too. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like, you could tell he likes a good challenge. So oh, yeah. then he wanted to challenge you to a pull-up contest. Yes. <laughs> and we've talked, he and I have talked since then. He's uh, his one that he thinks uh, that, that he likes to mess with me about is the... The laces to the bar thing, where you gotta get your oh, laces okay. to touch the bar with the laces. Remember he mentioned something? Yeah, yes. Um, and so uh, yeah, he'll say that, or uh, let me know that he calls me big guy. Okay, big guy, I'll uh, say you're doing over there. So uh, let's go to General Petraeus. I don't wanna run against you, but maybe the dead hang pull ups. I'm, I'm ready for that one whenever you're in Boca. You uh, be careful what you ask for. That's the only one. One, one more for you, big guy. I'm, I'm pulling up a heck of a lot less than you are. <laughs> yeah, you're I'm, right. You're right. You have an advantage, so if I win, no, no deadlift, no bench you know. press, nothing would wait. 
<laughs> All right, Ooh. we're back. We're gonna do Tyler. The Tyler, you're, I know you love that one. Oh, so the less than optimal landing? Yeah, Tyler Merritt. Yeah. yeah, I mean Tyler. It's funny because you meet him, and he's like a pretty normal guy. You'd never think he was a night stalker. You know what I mean? Just he's very, I guess not a preconceived image of that. But then he starts telling stories of like, essentially they got shot down, right? Yeah, yeah, he had a few, he said, yeah. And then he went to the next helicopter and it was out of fuel and then something, like literally he's in the middle of this war zone just like skipping from one yeah. bird to the next to finally get off the ground and yeah, his less than optimal landings are. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go to Tyler Merritt from Nine Line and his less than optimal landing. When he was water skiing. Yeah. Water skiing. Um, you know, call it like less than optimal landings. It's the, I always like when you say that because it makes me, reminds me that I don't want to fly with you when you say that. Yeah, you, I mean, Always walk away. I had a few less than optimal landings. Like, <laughs> sounds, like a guy, sounds, like, well, sounds like a guy who's had a, a few things like that happen. Now, they call you to piss and bleed. So if you have an aircraft incident that causes damage, they have to go and make sure that, you know, you weren't baked off your mind or drunk, uh, which I've only drunk one time by accident. <laughs> I know. Uh, and I didn't, wasn't on the controls on the way back, but that was a lot of fun flying back that kind of hammer. Uh, <laughs> Are you allowed to say that, Tyler? Oh, I don't care. I mean, I'll probably get put in prison like Eddie Gallagher for some reason. One of the more uh, memorable uh, like openings when we, were, when we had a guest actually come on to the show where we brought him on, brought him from the waiting room. Johnny has like the screen here in front of us and you see all the guests at the bottom. And we saw Cedric McMillan and he looked like he was studying something or something like that. Yeah, he was and, studying something. Yeah, he was studying. Like, he was really close to the screen. He's all lit up. He's back in his back porch because he's uh, with his, at his mom's house taking care of his mom. And uh, and I won't ruin it, Johnny. Play it when uh, when Cedric comes on the show. The huge dude that was in the commercials just a moment ago. On the show. Oh, was he watching a video or something right here? Cedric, Cedric. <laughs> I see you're on Johnny's page. <laughs> nah, I was on, uh, because basically what I was doing is um, posting uh, stuff on Instagram about the readiness report. So we had a lot of cool moments, Eric. One of the ones that was really surprising to me was when we had Jason Ha of Steel Supplements come on the show. I've known Jason for many years, and uh, we've been friends for a long time. And I wasn't planning on mentioning, this is kind of like the, the Alan Dershowitz thing, and he said something, that'll be our next one, where, where you weren't expecting, you had a plan in our head, like this is what we're gonna talk about, this is what's gonna happen or whatever. And then it actually came on, and one of the things he brought up was me and him starting Steel Supplements together. I remember that. And Because uh, I had no intention of bringing it up, because that's not something that we publicly have talked about a whole lot. So uh, let's go to Jason and uh, see what he has to say. I don't want to ruin it. Kind of was, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a story I think nobody knows. Nobody knows. I never told that story. Nobody knows that story. Um, should I tell them? Yeah, fuck yeah. Tell them. <laughs> so how many years has it been? Uh, four, four or five years? I don't know. I reached out to, I had this five years. Idea. Five years. Yeah, I was wanting to start a supplement company. And, um, you know, I knew Aaron was down in South Florida and, and Aaron had kind of a, a feel for the ins and outs of, of the land, the, the supplement, the land. And, uh, and, um, I was thinking at the time, I was like, well, I really wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it by myself or I wanted to do a partnership. And I reached out to Aaron and Aaron's like, fuck yeah, let's do it. We're gonna, you know, I'll, I'll set up the, you know, the LLCs and 
and um, uh, we started to get the ball rolling over the course of a couple months. And, and I think we were doing some product testings and, and Aaron's, Aaron's vision of, for what a brand should be was, it wasn't necessarily what my vision was. And uh, I recognized that really quickly. I wasn't, that wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't a make or break situation, but it, it just caused me to think, you know, I know Aaron's got, Aaron's at a different, like he's already done this for a certain amount of years and, and, and I might not have. And, and Aaron, I could see was wanting to head in a more global brand very quickly. Whereas I was still stuck in a, bodybuilders mentality type brand. And uh, I, I recognized that it, it was still a, a stepping stone that I had to get past before it, it could ever, me and Aaron, myself and Aaron could see eye to eye on anything at the time. Um, and and to be honest, I, 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 you know, Aaron, you were dealing with some shit back then. With you can just say it, Jason. You can just say it. <laughs> well, I, I, honest to God, I didn't know. I just, I started hearing rumors and I was like, yeah, fuck. And, you know, I was just like, you know, I'll just do this shit on my own. And, um, and, and I think I, I got a couple, I got a couple text messages just like, go fuck yourself, Jason, from Aaron. No, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, I know. Yeah. So. Yeah, you could tell from how I reacted. I wasn't expecting that. I yeah, was totally well, shocked. And then you're like, well, since since we're talking about this. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, if you're going to bring it up, you know, let's, let's go Let's have it. this conversation. Yeah. Um, but at least he's open to talk, you know. It wasn't Jason's like a great guy, and he's a super, he is a super, you know, intelligent, cerebral, very, like, not what you would think. Like, Jason, the whole th his whole thing, uh, what was it, like, 30 years a, a lion or 80, what is it, 80 years a lamb or 30 years a lion? Yeah, something like that. Like, like, you'd rather be dead in 30 years and be a lion than be a lamb or whatever. Uh, where you just think he's, like, hardcore. Like, if you just see him, like, here, especially back in the day, he was all Oh, huge. yeah, with the mohawk yeah, and the big beard. He's, like, and... just, a, like, a, a wild man. But in reality, he's never been a wild man. No. He's always been cerebral and well thought out. Yep. Yeah, everything's very calculated, so it's good to, if anyone hasn't watched an interview, they need to. Yes. Uh, we brought up surprising moments where we weren't expecting them to say something. Alan Dershowitz came on the show, uh, longest per, uh, professor, uh, I don't know how long he's been, 55 years? Yeah, 55 at Harvard, years at Harvard, yeah. At Harvard, he's uh, very arguably the best, uh, most well-known uh, American lawyer, maybe lawyer in the whole world that's alive today. Um, so it was an absolute pleasure to have him on the show. And one of the things going on with Alan, he has such a long storied career. Like he's a, he, the first book I read, with him, from him, was called Taking the Stand and um, talking about his legal career. And when you read the beginning of the book, he goes over all the things that he's been a part of or done or, or you know, participated, defended somebody. It's like amazing. It's like unbelievable that this is one person's life. And, uh, and then unfortunately, you know, the thing that people know about the most these days is that he represented uh, uh, Epstein, yep. uh, Jeffrey Epstein, and he helped him get a very minimal charge in the Palm Beach case before. Um, he ended up obviously getting in serious trouble and then killing himself. And so a lot of people have speculated what Alan's done or what been involved in. And, uh, and I know that it bothers him a tremendous amount because he's all about legacy and how he's being remembered, you know, for his children, his grandchildren, et cetera. And so money's like not a thing for him. He's not worried about that at 82 years old. He's not worried about really anything other than, you know, his reputation and how his family remembers him. So uh, I wasn't even gonna bring up this Epstein and the girl and all this bullshit. Because I, I thought that, that was so unimportant when you look at the scope of this man's life. Oh, yeah, what he's accomplished. I mean, 
you know, he was one of the earliest like civil rights lawyers. Yeah, he's unbelievable. He saw Martin Luther King's speech. Yep. I mean, uh, speak. Uh, he's, you know, he saw I, I, uh, I had a dream speech. I mean, yeah. he's been involved. So they went outside from where they were working, were able to see it and hear it. Does it just he's lived such an amazing life that it, it's a shame to even bring it up. But you know, Alan surprised me and you by bringing it all, all of it up, and let's uh, let's play that one. How big a deal is this for you right now? Much, years much bigger deal for my family. Um, you know, I have a young, two young grandkids. I have a young daughter, and they live in the generation where if you're accused, you're guilty. Uh, they know, of course, they know me. They know I've never had sex with anybody but my wife during the relevant time period. I'm a homebody. I don't hug. I don't flirt. I don't go out to bars. I don't do any of those things. So, um, so they all know that it's a, a false accusation. But still, some of their friends don't. So it's, it's taken a toll, but I'm fighting back and I won't give up until the woman who falsely accused me goes to prison and the lawyers who were part of the conspiracy, uh, the extortion, uh, get this barred. And uh, I hope I'll prevail. Uh, the truth's on my side. So I'm not worried. I said in day one, don't worry. There won't be a photograph. There won't be a witness. It didn't happen. So there couldn't be a witness. In fact, somebody went to the lawyer who accused me and, and, and tried to shake him down saying, you know, I have a picture of Alan Dershowitz having sex with this, uh, with some young woman. And so they called me and they said, well, we have this picture. I said, no, you don't. If there's a picture, it's obviously fake because I never had sex with anybody like that. And then they showed me the picture and it was absurd. It was some, you know, old guy with gray hair. They had gotten it off the internet, but they were, uh, you know, trying to use that as a way of uh, uh, extorting me and others. Uh, the plan was in the New York Times. The plan was the lawyers would call the men who were in the pictures and offer to represent them as their lawyers for a million dollars or even more. And that way their information wouldn't come out. It was just a pure shakedown, but that's what lawyers do. There are some really, really, really sleazy lawyers operating out there. And a lot of them now are taking advantage of young women and pressuring them into making false accusations. And the end result will be it will discredit the Me Too movement. These women will end up going to jail and the lawyers will put money in their pocket. So uh, you have to be very careful of dealing with lawyers. Uh, for example, David Boys, a famous lawyer, uh, more ethics charges against him than any lawyer in modern American history. And um, in my opinion, um, his uh, ethics are very, very questionable, and yet people go to him. Um, but uh, he's thrown his, he's thrown several clients under the bus, and you have to be very careful when you go to a lawyer like like David Boys. And his firm is now falling apart, and for for good reason because uh, um, you know he's a phony. You got a feel for Alan. Um, you can, the reason why I brought it up, I think, is because he's just so upset about it. Yeah, you can tell it definitely upsets him. So that's where you, you kind of. Not kind of, you feel like, okay, it sucks because he's got to defend really a, a baseless claim against him, you know, where someone can say anything they want and it can accuse him, and now he's got the, the burden of proof, and it's like... Because his, she has not provided any proof whatsoever. No, Zero. just accusation, and no. so his whole, this amazing positive career is all, you know, if he were to, say, die tomorrow, that's what people are going to remember instead of all the positive things he's done. And, the, and the, I think the worst part for, the worst thing for Alan is that there's almost no way for him to fix it. No. Because even if hypothetically, you know, and I hope this happens, the girl says, never mind, I, I made it all up. There's still gonna be lots and lots of people out there that are gonna be like, oh, there was pressure. Yep. She got paid off. Or, or, he gave her money, yep. whatever. So it's like, there's no, it's, you know, that's the sucky thing. You can't like, he, there is nothing he can do to prove that he didn't 
do anything with her. How do you prove you didn't do it? You no. Know? So, super sucky. Uh, but um, you know, we're certainly rooting for Alan, and he's a he's a friend of mine. You know, I uh, I do think you know he's going to continue to do good things, and hopefully gets. As time moves past, you know, it'll be less and less in the, in the focus. Yeah, you just have to write a different book about this particular That's chapter it. Well, of his life. Written, what he, I remember he told 40 something. Six I told him I read his book. He goes, "What? Which book?" Yeah. <laughs> um, so another one uh, that I thought was funny, and we'll actually end on this one was. Um, oh, actually, two. We have two more. We have. Uh, some of the Cedric stuff, but let's go to Dakota Meyer. So we're talking about <laughs> helicopters, Tyler Merritt, and you got Dakota Meyer. Who just takes his helicopter to the restaurant when he wants to go to Applebee's or whatever. Or a date, or yeah, he just... take, a, take a piss when he's flying, he'll just pull into Home Depot and take a piss. So from Tyler Merritt uh, landing, flying helicopters and having uh, sub-optimal, what do you say? Less, Less than, than optimal. optimal. So we have, we have Dakota Meyer, uh, Medal of Honor recipient, uh, flying his helicopters everywhere. Yeah, literally. To dates, just going to dinner with the kids. Um, he, you know, he talked about getting caught in like bad weather and just having to land somewhere. Cause I remember he, he talked about p- taking a piss at Home Depot, where he said, "Any Home Depot, you're good to land at Home Depot." Yeah, pretty much. You got the space; it's you're good to go. He would call ahead, like he'll be flying over and be like, "Hey man, can I land in your parking lot to take a piss?" <laughs> only Dakota Meyer. Yeah, I was just gonna say, you only got to get away with that. Yes, yeah, so let's play uh, Dakota, and we'll come back with one more from Cedric. Come hang out. I need to come down there and work out the gym, get rid of this dad bod. Bring a helicopter. Get a helicopter down here, bro. What yeah. uh, I don't know. You know what I'll do? I'll I'll um uh, I'll route it out. How many how many stops do you think you'd have to do from from Kentucky to here? We're not even talking right? I would have to see um what what what's the, what's the airport code near you? BCT. Oh, so, yeah, BCT. Okay, here you are. I got you right here. I'm, I'm, I'm checking this out right now. So it would take me, it would take me about 10 hours to get there. <laughs> Faster than driving, though. Because you have to stop, right? Each one. How many stops, you think? Uh, three, probably four. Four stops. Three stops in between. So I'd take four tanks. So so in your, in your helicopter, if you have to take a piss, what do you do? I'll just land in a field and take a piss and I'll take back off. Really? I yeah, why not? Has that, has that happened a lot? Yeah, I mean, if I need to take a piss, like, I'll just I'll just land in a field and take a piss. You want to talk about Cedric's mom? Yeah, so Cedric, the, the funny thing is prior to that whole interview, he kept saying, I'm, at my, I'm not sure about this. I'm at my mom's house. You know, she's got dementia. I'm worried she's going to, like, disrupt the show. Everything went good probably for what, like the first half hour? At least. It was a little yeah. while. I thought yeah. that his mom was not, were not, not she wasn't going to come out at all. And then all of a sudden, she kept peeking her head out the door. As you can see, he is, he is sitting straight like this. So imagine his head was back, his head's like, she's like back there by the door. She just peeks her head out, like looks out, like, <laughs> and she'd be like, that guy, shut and then finally she started coming out and she said, what are you doing out there? <laughs> it's, it's like, I'm talking to my friends, Mom. Like, yeah. But yeah, that have happened, what, three or four times? Oh, yeah, a few. A few. So, so. We'll, uh, we'll go to Cedric and come back and then wrap up the show. So check this out. We're still active. Is your mom? Yeah, you see that? Yes. Wave, Mom. Say hey. Right hey. here. <laughs> hey. All right, now go back in the house. You're going to get me fired now. Because <laughs> they say can't nobody be in the background when I'm making a video. <laughs> okay? I'll be in there in a little bit. 
I ain't making nobody look like no cat. <laughs> All right, I'll be in there a little bit, Mama. Now go on back in the house. Now quit being fast. <laughs> All right, I'll get on back in that house. <laughs> that's it eric we uh finished episode 29 i hope you guys enjoyed all of our funny moments or interesting moments or sad moments on these shows so far there have been a lot it's hard to actually make a list uh, a short list because we could have done 20 moments easily yeah you could have done one from each episode but that's the thing if anybody watches this that maybe hasn't caught previous ones, it's a good, it's kind of a good catalog then to, for, to go back and say, hey, watch these at least key episodes and yes, yeah, get in because there's some pretty entertaining ones. Yeah, we had a lot of stuff that we didn't include. You know, we had Dan Crenshaw. That Crenshaw was, was a was great, great interview. I love Jack Carr was on. It was very interesting. We had, of course, more recently Ben Coase and uh, we had Robert O'Neill who had some great moments yeah, that was talking good. about killing Bin Laden. We had some uh, mentioning of shooting Bin Laden in the face and stuff, which we could have put in there. But he was just done. So there's a lot, a lot of uh, very good episodes to go back and watch. I encourage you to go back. And if you're new to the show, man, there's a lot. There, these a lot of our episodes are not particularly topical. Yeah, the news no, portion is, but the other stuff is you could watch any of this anytime. Yeah, no, it's just about that person and whatever comes up. Yeah. So, so Eric, uh, who's next week? Well, so Austin Weiss uh, from Grinding Hard Ammo and uh, all of Austin's various projects. who did some of the signs in here. Uh, and he's a personality in his own right on Instagram. He's got like 400,000 followers. He's a very interesting person. Oh, very so interesting, I'd yeah. Love to have Austin on the show. I need to get, you know, he wasn't feeling good tonight. Uh, but that's a possibility. Uh, if not him for next week, it is right before the Olympia. So there is a chance of doing an Olympia show, getting on the show, depending on if we want to do this or that, where we can get on you know, people like Cutler and, of course, Kai and... We can bring in some other people, like some older guys, about their favorite Olympia moment, like Milo Sarsa. Yeah. Get Milos on the show. Um, well, there we can get a bunch of cool ones. I'd like to get Ronnie. If you want to call Brendan, yeah. we get Ronnie Try on. Try get Ronnie show. on. See, Ronnie can give us some of his favorite Olympia moments that we might not know about. Obviously, it'd be very easy to get Kevin and Flex on the show. Yeah. Um, so we could we could line up a bunch of them and get them on to talk about what was their favorite Olympia moment. Especially you have some of those guys that all competed against each other too. Yeah, yeah, that'd be funny. Because Milos, Ronnie. Wheeler, Lavron, Jay, all competed yep. in the it was same a, era. It was, a, it was a great era, man. It's amazing how it, there was so much talent. And I hear sometimes people ask, why is that talent not there right now? I think the answer is that strictly because there's um, too many divisions yeah. to have that much talent. So before, when we were growing up as kids, like you were either a bodybuilder or you weren't. Yeah. There was nothing else. There was no men's physique, classic physique. No, you might have been able to be a fitness model, but that's about it. Yeah, that's it. And, and that wasn't really a thing people really wanted to do. It's kind of like people like a Frank Seppi, who was a handsome dude who was a bodybuilder, who uh, was never going to be a good bodybuilder. Yeah, wasn't going to be a great bodybuilder. Yep. And so he just started like cut down a little bit and ended up being you know a successful fitness model. So um, it was uh, it was a very different time. Now you have all these great athletes. Like when I see a lot of the classic physiques, or even even uh, you know the board shorts guys in the board shorts for men's, uh, bikini. men's bikini. Yeah, they uh, those guys. Some of those guys you look at them and you're like, this dude is a beast. Like if he trained a little longer, because it takes obviously time. That's unfortunately that's really the it's a lot of hard work. But there's also genetics and time. And so, like, you're not going to be a successful heavy uh, open weight, open bodybuilder, professional bodybuilder, in a year or two. It's no, going to take. It's a lifetime. It's going to take. You know, even if you're a genetic marvel, it's going to take 
five, six, seven. Like Phil Heath, it took like five or six years. Yeah. The bat, well, arguably the best physique ever, um, or one of them certainly. Um, but like a normal person who gets to be a successful pro, it takes them a decade plus. Yeah. And that's with great genetics. It's with all the supplements and and then extra supplements that you can uh, you can imagine. Everything if you have everything going correctly, it's not something that happens uh, overnight. Even like. Dorian or, or Ronnie, it took Dorian and Ronnie 10 plus years. Oh yeah, I mean Dorian what, turned pro in 87 and didn't win his first Olympia till yeah. 92. Yeah, and he was really fast because he, he, I think he started like getting into bodybuilding in early 80s. Early 80s, yeah. yeah and to be a, 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 a successful pro, that's super fast. Ronnie took a lot longer because he went the natural route yeah. for a long time. Um, he turned pro of natural. Yeah. It took him, he was he was a natural pro for what, four or five yeah, years? Before he finally he started actually doing well. Yeah. Well, maybe he was always number years. 16th in the Olympia, yeah. tied for 16th, every yeah. Flex magazine, yeah, tied I for remember, 16th. I always remember Ronnie uh, back in the day. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, it's kind of, as we're doing this, I'm kind of leaning more to the Olympia thing and have Austin uh, the following week when it's not as uh, time sensitive. But we'll see. All right. We'll see. If Austin really wants to do it, then who knows? Maybe we'll, we'll see for the post Olympia show. I don't know. We'll see. We go either uh, way. We'll see. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. See you next week.